Today we are talking about the kingdom of God. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles out, turn to Matthew chapter uh, 6, and I'm also going to ask you to get your Bibles out in the back, or bulletins out, because on the back of your bulletin is blank, and there's a place to take notes, and um, there's a pen right in front of you. I'd like you just to write down anything the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Now, there won't be a lot on the screen other than Bible verses today, but I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, because this may be one of the most important messages in the Christian life. I'm not saying it's the most important message in this series that we're doing on the Christian life about the essentials of the Christian life. I'm not even going to say it's the most important message I'll ever preach or anything like that. But the content is some of the most important things in our Christian life. It is essential. And so I'm just going to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning and to write down anything that he puts on your heart. And I'm going to do my best in the next few minutes we have together to share with you the kingdom of God. We've been talking about the essential Christian life, and the essential Christian life begins with Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We looked at Jesus and why he came, and it says in Scripture that he came to seek and save the lost. He came to destroy the work of the devil. He came to give us abundant life. And when you begin to see what Jesus is talking about, man, I don't know about you, but I, I want Jesus. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want a passionate relationship with Jesus, what we talked about last week, that wholehearted relationship with Jesus to know the gifts that he has given me and what he's doing in my life, and for me to say, there are no other gods before him. So we'd be passionate about Jesus. The relationship with Jesus begins with a pledge of surrender. But it's not a one-time pledge. It's a pledge that you make every day of your life. A pledge you make moment by moment. In Scripture, our relationship with Jesus is likened to our relationship of marriage. Today, Leslie is with her mom and dad, and they're watching online. So I know you didn't want me to say anything, but I want to give a shout out because I'm going to talk about her just for a moment when she's not here. I'll never forget 23 years ago, looking into Leslie's beautiful blue eyes and pledging my love to her. It was a glorious day, a day I'll never forget. It was an important day. But the pledge that I made to Leslie that day did not guarantee a good marriage. That pledge that day was not a one-time, then I'll, you know, I'll just do this, this one time and pledge to you. It's a pledge that I made that day and that I need to make every day of my life. And the quality of my marriage is based on making that pledge daily and living that pledge right now. The same is true in our relationship with Jesus. It's, the important question is not, did I once surrender my life to Christ? The important question is, am I surrendering my life to Christ 
right now, right here in this moment. It's more than saying a sinner's prayer. The only life I have to surrender to God is the one that I'm living right now, in this moment. Let me be crystal clear about this. The only moment you have to be obedient to God is right now. That's the only moment you have to love God right now. The only moment to love others is right now. I can think about doing it in the future. I can make plans. I can look to the past. But as human beings, we cannot time travel either distance, either way. The only moment we have to be obedient to God is right now. See, we make Jesus Lord in theory and we talk about it, but is He the Lord in every moment of our life? Is He the Lord right now? Is He the Lord of our actual everyday lives? Our verse today is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. I'm going to ask you to look at that with me and keep your Bibles open there. It's a familiar verse you probably already know, but it's this. But seek first the kingdom, His kingdom, and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, when He's talking about worrying about our lives and worrying about today and tomorrow, He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first my kingdom. If you look at the word seek in the Greek, it actually talks about continually seeking God or passionately seeking God every moment of our life. It's not something we can do at one moment and then forget the next. We can't pretend or even imagine to think that we're following Jesus' teaching to seek and trust God if we're obsessed with building our own kingdom or doing our own thing or providing for ourselves Because every kingdom needs a king. Every kingdom needs a king. And let me tell you, there is only one king. If you ever have two kings in the same kingdom, there will be a war. If you ever have two kingdoms in the same space, there will be a war. There is one king. And everybody else are subjects to that king. King. And to seek the kingdom means to seek the kingdom in each moment of our lives, living under God's sovereign control. That should be our highest aspiration. To live for the king, to live for his kingdom. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, and this is a verse we're going to unpack next week. It's this: take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. There is one king. There is one kingdom. We are subject to the king. We are obedient to the king. John in his gospel says in 1514, you are my friends if you do what I command. That relationship comes from obedience, following Jesus. And it's important to remember when we're talking about this that We need to yield to God moment by moment by moment, seeking Him alone, seeking Him passionately so that other things begin to grow dim when we're looking at Jesus. 
And this verse right here is talking about the disciples' faith, our trust in God. There is only one king and only one kingdom. Because just a few verses earlier, in verse 24, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You'll love one and you will hate the other. We need to look to Jesus for his protection, his care, his provision. Trusting in God is the answer to destroying the worry in our life. See, you and I feel secure when we're in control. I mean, right? Who doesn't want to be in control? Who doesn't like being in charge? When I'm in control, I feel pretty secure. I feel pretty good. Once things start getting out of my control, I start to freak out. I start to worry. And worry leads to fear. Fear leads to anxiety. And it's overwhelming. When we find our security in God, we can trust Him instead of turning to that worry. Because listen, there's only one person in control, and it's not you. And we got to understand what Jesus says about worry. He says worry is irrelevant. It doesn't help to worry. It doesn't help us cope with the problems of our life. Worry is always the wrong decision. There was a study done, and they found out that 92% of the things that we worry about will never, ever happen. 92% of the things that are on your mind right now won't happen. And you say, well, what about the other 8%? The other 8%, your worry isn't changing the situation. It's going to happen. So worrying is irrelevant. All worry does is it wears you out and it takes your eyes off the king. That's all that worry does. It actually, when you live worried, you're actually living far from God. Wor worrying says, I'm king. I'm in control. And when we worry, we make ourselves the king. And the basis of our trust is confidence in the king. We have to trust God's sovereign providence. We have to trust his judgments. We have to trust his purposes, his promises, his protection, his plan, his provision. Jesus says, all these things will be given to you. When you seek me, all these things will be given to you. Seek me, seek my kingdom first. Then he says, live righteously. What does that mean? It means to live in relationship with Jesus because he makes us righteous. So seek me, live righteously, and I will take care of everything. Jesus promised you today, he's going to take care of everything. You say, well, how is that possible? Hey, get off the throne and put him on the throne because there is one king. There is one kingdom. The ne very next verse, if you still have your Bibles open in Matthew 6, verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't time travel into the future. God's like, I got the future. I'm already there. I've I'm, I'm, I'm got it for you. He says, love me right now. Seek me right now. Live present. Live today. Live in this moment. Surrender to the lordship, to the kingship. Of Jesus. God's word is full of promises. God's word is packed with promises. 
In fact, I, I dare you to try to open the Bible and read or look at a devotional or listen to a sermon and not hear a promise from God during the time that you have God's Word open. Because it's full of promises and God's Word is true. You can take it to the bank. It says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him... The amen, or yes, is spoken by us to the glory of God. Look at the first part of that verse. It says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. God's word is full of promises, and they are for you when you seek the king and his kingdom. We looked at it a couple weeks ago. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, rich, full, satisfying, abundant life. That's why I came. That's a promise. We looked at this last week that we have all that we need. He promised that in this verse this week that I'll supply all your needs. But in Romans 8 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He says, seek me, seek the kingdom. Don't do it your way. Do it his way. Every day, seek first the kingdom. Be obedient. Be faithful. Jesus even taught His disciples to pray that when you pray, and you pray to your heavenly Father, say, not My will, but Thine be done. That Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed in the garden, not My will, but Thy will. That should be our prayer every single day as we seek the King and seek the kingdom. Not My will, God. Your will be done. It says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, I love this verse, it says, Then they took the book of the covenant and read it to the people, and they responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. That should be our response to the king in his kingdom all the time. We have heard you, Lord, and we say, yes, we will obey. When you look at the early church in the book of Acts, it's amazing the power of God in their midst, the miracles, and, 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 and even in the face of the harshest persecutions, and the church is growing, and it's built, and you, and, and you see all these amazing things happening. The Holy Spirit seems to be on display in every single verse in the book of Acts. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He's not a different Holy Spirit today. He's the same Holy Spirit. You know what was different is the people. They were ones back then, they sought God with all their heart. There was no disconnect between saying Jesus was Lord and living as though Jesus was Lord. He was their Lord. Whatever He said, whatever He asked, they were willing to do. They would sit around and pray and seek the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and then dare to believe. Imagine what our lives would look like if we submitted to the king, to his kingdom, every moment, all the time. Imagine the power of God and, and displayed in our lives, in our midst. But I also want you to imagine not only the good side of that if we make Jesus king, but imagine if you fail to live for the king and the kingdom. And you say, Pastor Darrell, I, I hear what you're saying today but I'm going to choose to do it my way because I think my way is the best way. And I prefer being in control 
than having God in control. The Bible's very clear about that. And so, beloved, allow me to warn you through Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. There is one king. There is one kingdom. There is one way. There is one truth. There is one life. Will you do this perfectly? Living for the kingdom every day? Will it be easy to live for the king and his kingdom? It will not. Because as soon as you step out to live for the king and the kingdom, we have an enemy that is not happy that you have stepped out to live for the king and the kingdom. You will also have to battle yourself because there will be pride inside of you saying, I want to be in control. I want to do what I want to do. And so let me tell you today, stop making excuses. Stop trying to do it on your own. It is your choice. So do what God asks you to do. But don't do it all alone because we do need God in our life. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ in our life, encouraging us, giving us power and strength. When spiritual warfare comes, it's time to fight the enemy. And we fight the enemy as Jesus fought the enemy with the Word of God. And we speak forth the Word of God. We meditate on the king and the kingdom. We seek the king in his kingdom and we, we seek what God says in his word, his promises for our life, and we just meditate on those things and we think about them all the time. And usually when I tell people you need to think about Jesus all the time, this is what I hear. I can't think about anything all the time. Man, my mind's always going, I'm so busy. Pastor Earl, you don't know my life outside of church. There's no way I can think about one thing all the time. You think about things, one thing. All the, let, me, let me give you an example. Have you ever worried about something? Seriously, maybe you're worried about something right now. You can't stop thinking about it. When you're worried, you can't stop thinking about it. It doesn't matter if you're at home. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter if you're in your car. When we're worried about something, we can't stop thinking about it. Even if we do stop thinking about it, there's still something that's like a pit in our stomach. Like, yeah, something's wrong. Because we're meditating on that problem. We're meditating on that worry. And so when we see our lives, like, and it's starting to go in this direction, and, and I just, I, I can't turn off the news. I got to see where the hurricane is right now. I got to, uh, you know, and, just, and we can't stop and we can't stop. It's time to reverse the cycle and say, God, you are king and I am not. God, you are good and your love endures forever. God, you were with the disciples in the storm, and you are with my friends and relatives in the storm. God, I can always count on you. You are the good news. You are the way, the truth, and life. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. And you get that ball rolling in the other direction, and you meditate on the king and his kingdom. You can do it. As easily as you worry, you can turn the circle the other direction and begin to proclaim the promises of God because they are yes and amen. And God, you have promised me abundant life. And so I look to you. I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness right now in this moment. I lay my life down. It's not just about going to church because that's one day a week. This is every day of our life making him the King, the Lord of our life. And so we need to stop talking about doing it and just do it. And one of the best things we can do to make Jesus King is to stop and be quiet.
and listen. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to me. And that still small voice, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to me. And you begin to allow the word to come to you. Maybe you open the word of God. Maybe it's a devotional. Maybe the Holy Spirit speaks a prophetic word, but you just begin to say, God, speak to me. I'm listening. You have to be quiet. And then when he speaks, you have to follow. God is good. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. His love endures forever. I'm going to encourage you to definitely gather together in his name. But, but men, take a Saturday morning out of your life and come to the Influence Seminar. Cancel whatever you have on the cal- calendar and be here. It's important for me. In fact, if I'm ever invited to do something on a Saturday that's the Influence Seminar, I say, no, I'm going to be with our men. I'm going to make sure my boys are there as well because I want to be where the king is. I want to seek first the king and his kingdom. I want God to speak into my life. And so men, sign up for that. Cancel what you got going on. Be there. Women, there's a Bible study beginning. You can sign up in the lobby. Be there where the word of God is taught and meditated on. And it was great talking to Jerry about about, about being a woman of prayer. What do we need more in our world right now than than women on their knees praying? And and, and it's going to be a great Bible study, so I just encourage you to sign up for that. If you've never been baptized, it's time to sign up because the Bible says believe, repent, and be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're going to do that next weekend. It's going to be right over here. We're going to be baptizing. It's going to be beautiful and wonderful. We're going to cheer and we're going to shout. Why? Because there will be people walking into that water saying, there is one king and there is one kingdom. And I want everybody to know that I am subject to that king and his kingdom. We are called to love God, to love others, to love the king and love his kingdom. But we have a problem. I heard this message from Francis Chan about a year ago, and it's just been kind of rattling inside of my soul for so long. And he's basically talking to the American church, and it's this. It's that Americans aren't really good at worshiping God. We're just not good. Maybe you see somebody from overseas, and you see some worship, and you're like, wow, man, they are worshiping. And then you look at church, and we worship God. We do our best to worship God, but... You know, it's just something, there's some, something missing from it. And, and as Francis Chan was preaching, it says, because as Americans, we don't really know what it's like to have a sovereign authority over our lives. We don't really have, we don't have a king or a queen. We don't have any sovereign king ruler over our life. Like, we can meet people in government, and, and, and maybe the higher they are in government, the more we would respect them when we met them, but whether it's the president on down to dark, dog catcher, Americans have this mindset that you work for me. I pay your salary. I voted for you, or I'm going to vote you out. We have this attitude that you work for me. In other nations, especially ancient nations, when you came before the king... You would bow as low as you could get, belly and face to the floor, 
Because that king held your life in his hand. Even Esther, when she went, she was, she was the queen. She was scared to go before the king without the king inviting her in. And when she did, she fell before the king. Because the king held the life of the subject in his hand. Jesus is a good king. We don't have to be afraid when we go to him, but he is king. And he holds our lives in his hands. And so recently during prayer times, or or maybe once in a while during worship, or whenever I feel like it, it's just like, okay, Daryl, you need to bow your knee. I need to bow when I pray because I am addressing my king. And there's only one king. And it's not me. And it's a sign of surrender in our lives to the king and his kingdom. It says in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, the one thing he wants that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. The heart of the psalm is like, all I want is to be with the King. That's all I seek. To be in His presence. To look at His beauty. To be close to Him. That's all I want. May that be our heart for the Lord. May we seek first the King and His kingdom. And as we close today, I want to say this. There's a question that I've been asked probably this last year more than ever before, but especially in these last few weeks. In fact, I don't know of a day that goes by that someone doesn't ask me this question. It could be a person in church. It could be a person that I know. It could be a neighbor. It could be somebody that finds out I'm a pastor. But I get this, asked this question almost daily, and it's this question. Are we at the end times? Are we living in the last days? I'm amazed. Like, it's almost scary how many times I'm asked, are we living in the last days? I just want to say this. You can read Matthew 24 and 25. But Jesus says, when you see these things, wars and rumors of wars, when you see that strife, when you see that hatred, when you see forest fires and earthquakes and hurricanes coming, Jesus says, be ready. Get ready. Something's happening. It's like the mom saying, it's time. The labor pains are kicking in. I want to say this as we approach the end times. There is one kingdom, and there is one king, and there is only one that will last forever. And it does not belong to this world. There is a kingdom without end, and there is a king that is seated on the throne, and he will never be moved, King Jesus. He is the solid rock on which we stand. There is one king. There is one kingdom. There is one that we will bow our knee. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But I want to do that today. I want to do it right now. I don't want to wait for tomorrow. I don't want to have a plan to bow someday. I want to bow 
right now. And so if you're with me, and if you can, will you bow your knees as we pray today? As we end our time together? You don't have to if you don't want to. I don't, this isn't, we're not making anybody do this. Because you have to seek the King. You have to seek the King. But if you can, if you want to, if you can't, God sees your heart. It's okay. There is no condemnation. But there is one king, and there is one kingdom. And if these are the final moments, Jesus, we bow to you today, in this moment, because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And Lord, it'd be okay if you came. It would be just, it'd be great. But Lord, if you tarry, you're still the king. We still are seeking you. We will live for you all the days of our life until we see you face to face. But may we be men and women on our knees before our King. Serving you in this moment right now. Not a prayer we prayed, not something we did a long time ago, or something, well, I'll get back to it someday. But right now, we bow our knees and we seek first the King and His kingdom. All we want is to dwell with you in the beauty of our Lord. Lord, even in this moment with You on our knees, it, it isn't about what You can do for us, but Lord, You did promise that all we ever need, You'll take care of. So Lord, today we realize we are not in control, and if we want to be in control, that, en that way ends in death and destruction, and so God, we just submit to You. To our King, to your kingdom. May your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. This world is not our home. But God, I pray that every day may we be witnesses of your kingdom. May we show the love of you, God, to this world. May we love our neighbor as ourselves. May we witness the goodness and the love of our God. And may we bow our knees, not in fear of being scared, but in reverence and awe of the one who is good, his judgments are right, his plan is the best. God, as we do, I pray that you would meet all of our needs, everything we need, God, according to your riches and glory. No more fear, no more worry, no more anxiety, just love. Holy Spirit, come. Fill this place. Fill us up. Speak Holy Spirit. You are holy, holy, holy. Bring silence in the midst of the noise. 
bring peace in the midst of the storm. Be close to us, Jesus. We draw near to you. Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. May we live this word moment by moment by moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Our King's beautiful name, Jesus. Amen.